Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi. On this week's program, Guy finds podcasts hosts' personal Facebook account and slides into DMs. Hacker goes off to household cameras to watch people sleep. And person makes unbreaking eye contact with multiple passengers on tram. All this and more on this week's Creep Show. Yes, welcome to Creep Show. It's creepy but a showy. My name is Sandro, and I talk like this now. Joining me, as always, is Zach. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing so much better knowing that this week's show is brought to you by Toy Box. That's right, Toy Box. Get a bunch of toys and their crap, but they're in a box. Toy Box. I mean, that's pretty clear what they are. They're, they're pretty, pretty all about... You know, boxes and toys. And joining us this week, for some reason, every time she's on, I do an intro with an accent. It's Jen Spears. How are you going? Um, uh, how did I get here? Um, I was just asleep and I woke up and now I'm here. Can somebody help me? I'm scared. Creep show. <laughs> You're here forever now. <laughs> That's what I was thinking because I was like, I know that it's called Creep Show because it's about like spooky, scary, creepy stuff. But I was like, if I actually really wanted to commit to the name, it would just be random guys sliding creep into people's show. DMs. <laughs> that would be the creepiest. I just got sent a dick pic. <laughs> oh! Yeah, I'd never thought of it that way. That's a horror film we live day to day. But yeah, it's Oldie But A Goodie. We talk about films from 1987 in the order they came out in. This week, it is the sequel to the classic horror anthology movie, Creepshow. Creepshow 2. Yeah. And first impressions, how we usually do this, because it's a sequel, the person who picks watches the first one as well i picked i rewatched the first one it was great jen you also watched the first one for the first time yes for the first time i loved it as we know as you know i like stephen king so um the fact that you know he was had a hand in it obviously wrote his screenplay yeah i like um i'm not big on horror but it was it was just the right level of creepy yes because mm. yeah. it's not like it's creepy, but it's not It's not necessarily scary, and it's very no. cheesy, particularly the first one. And, I mean, you know when you've got a Savini on board with uh, special effects makeup that it's going to be gory, but then mm. it's, it's going to be gory to the point that, it, you, you know, it's fake. It's clearly fake. So it's, yeah, right, it's cheesy, creepy fun. Yeah, definitely drawing influences from comic books and, like, TV shows yes. from the 50s. Uh, with the second one, though, I found that it was trying to be a little bit more 80s B-movie-esque. Yeah. Zach, I I think I think you've seen an episode of the TV show at my house when it was airing. Yes. So the, with that being your main look into the creep show world, how did you find this movie? So I have several things to say about each of the <laughs> stories. Um, but I'll note that this one definitely, at least the first one especially, wasn't exactly creepy- of a story, it wasn't exactly a horror story, 
It was more just like a general story. Classic revenge story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a revenge story. Yeah, yeah. Like an action film almost. Rather than creepy. Yeah. So mm. that was definitely a like a I actually quite liked the first story. Yeah. So mm. it pains me to say that. But it wasn't exactly like a creepy horror. It wasn't anything new new, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second the second one's pretty good. I like this that one's really? that one's a horror. Okay. That one's pretty horror. I mean, in the horror creepy aspect. Oh, yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, that one gives me existential dread thinking about it, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. oh, creepy lake monster. Oh, one of my friends could let me fall asleep and get eaten. Maybe my friend will sexually assault me. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, have you seen the first, had you seen the first one, Zach? I remember that I definitely have seen the first one at okay. some point when I was okay. like seven. And oh, I don't real. remember literally anything <laughs> from it. Okay, that's probably good. There's no trauma there because that seems like a, a young age. Uh, I, I was probably older. I was probably more like 11. But mm. yeah, okay. uh, it, I can't remember anything from around there. Man, if right. I was seven watching it, I'd be like, why is the guy from the Naked Garden trying to kill people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be the scariest thing about it. Yeah. Why is why is Gulliver buried in the sand? But yeah. Yeah, the second one, it loses some of the magic, but I think because I'm such a big Stephen King fan and these three short stories are so obviously based off Stephen King short stories yeah. mm. um, that that I still like it. But yeah, some of the magic, I think, is gone, unfortunately. But mm. it's still it's still all right. Yeah. I think a lot of the magic for me was lost in the animation in the second one. Like, I loved in the first one the they just kind of flick through the comic book and then there's the story, whereas having the narrator introduce each story and the animation was a bit weird i don't know i'm like spend less time on the animation and have another story in there because the first one had five and this one had three and it could have easily had four so anyway mm. yeah the animation was was quite low quality <laughs> yeah well uh, yeah uh, and um the last story i felt like it went for a while oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> why did we need her internal monologue like yeah, yeah. What? every after every action scene it <laughs> Driving off through the snow. Uh, it was it was one of those stories where I was like, if this was written, this would be really interesting. I said that exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah, because it's filmed. It's just this. It's just this actor talking to themselves in a car like, for like. Now I have a good excuse for not being home on time. And I was like, we don't need to know that. Just we get it. We understand. We get the concept. Oh. <laughs> all right. We'll go into depth uh, with these with these stories in a second. But first of all, I do have to mention, as always, the show's lights are kept on by Patreon, the Bad Porridge Clubs over there on Patreon. So if you haven't yet, sign up. Um, we did a poll. I, I don't know what the next episode's going to be on. Maybe the original Mortal Kombat films. It's looking like we're going to be covering those. I'd like to do those. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, you can check that out. Link in the description. But uh, Zach, what were my other options for this week's episode? So uh, for this week, uh, we had some uh, interesting choices. Uh, we had the All Nighter, uh, which was a bunch of young uh, adults graduating college. Uh, but there's drama. Of course. And apparently it was pretty popular, uh, but it was also really garbage. <laughs> Great. Um, American Ninja 2, The Confrontation. <laughs> now this sounds like a movie. We definitely got to do this one at some point. Uh, that's two army guys find out that there's a, there's a big bad guy. 
and he's kidnapping all these marines and brainwashing them to become ninjas. <laughs> and we obviously, last week, we had some criticism over yep. this plot line. Like, yep. why didn't he just hire ninjas to begin with? It's two different skill sets, being a marine and being a ninja. Just hire ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just hire, just get ninjas. Just don't go through the middleman of brainwashing marines. I feel like that's an unnecessary step. Well, aren't marines, like, pretty good at some shit? Already, like, so you wouldn't have to train them. You just have to brainwash them into wanting to kill people. Oh, true. Just brainwash, just brainwash Marines into, you know, killing people that you want them to kill. Oh, yeah. Why do they need to be a stereotype? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, there's a lot of criticism here. Basically, all you're doing is teaching them to hide well. But I feel like Marines can already do that. I feel like I need to watch this film now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, we have Malone, which is a Burt Reynolds film. Uh, he's an ex-CIA assassin uh, who helps out this small little little town fight against uh, an evil crime boss. So it's Magnificent Seven, but just Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yep. Correct. Which sounds awful, so no. <laughs> yep. And uh, the most disappointing, My Life as a Dog. Which sounds amazing until you realise it's a Swedish drama about a young boy who is sent to live with his relatives. And it doesn't have anything to do with dogs, but maybe his relatives treat him like one? Ah. Oh, is that one of those indie kind of films that they've just named that? Like, Yeah, probably. It'll have like a passing reference. I was so sad when it wasn't like the kid gets turned into a dog. Yeah. And then they have to realise that he's turned into a dog and then... At the last moment, they, they, they realise, you know, he doesn't want to become human. He wants to stay a dog or something stupid, you know. Mm. I feel like 80% of the audiences that bought a ticket for that movie, that's what they're expecting. Although that could, that could have easily been a story in Creepshow, though. A kid turns into a dog. Yep. Yeah. I feel like that's been done before, though, huh? There's like, uh, what's the one with the snowman, uh, Michael Keaton? Wait, what's the one where the dad turns? Is it, that's a recent film where the dad turns into a dog. I'm sure. Is that like... Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that one. That one's a recent film. Uh, I can't remember the guy who played that. Wasn't that a spacey film? Oh, uh, no, yeah, I think it is a Kevin Spacey film. Ugh. So we won't talk about it. Speaking of creep show. <laughs> oh. uh, this film was released May 1st. It is a sequel to Creepshow, as we mentioned, from 1982. The reason why that film works so well is because there was kind of a holy trinity with that movie. Because you've got writing from Stephen King... You've got effects by Tom Savini, and you've got directing from George A. Romaro, three absolute legends. For this yeah. one, it is still Stephen King stories, except the screenplay isn't written by him. It's written by George Romaro by himself with none of his co-writers, and he's adapting three King short stories. So King didn't really have anything to do with the writing of it. Uh, Tom Savini is still doing the visual effects, though, but not as much as he did on the first one. I think he might have just been overseeing the project. He does play the creep, though, so that's mm. cool. And for the director, mm. it's directed by Michael Gornick. Uh, his only feature directing credit, although he has done TV show work on the anthology series Tales from the Dark Side, which is uh, apparently quite good. And he was director of photography on a bunch of Romaro films, including the first creep show, so he has been around 
doing some horror stuff. Okay. Uh, for, yeah, the cast, Tom Savini is in the creep costume, but the voice of the creature and doing all of the puns and stuff in between the stories is John <laughs> Silver, uh, who's yeah. done a lot of voice acting work. There's also George Kennedy, who plays the shop owner in the first story. He's the police captain from the Naked Gun movies. He's very good. Oh, yeah, I liked him. I loved him. He was great. Dorothy Lamour from the Road 2 movies with Bing Crosby. She's in this as his wife. It's her last mm. ever movie uh, before she died in the early 90s. Oh. The four 25-year-old looking teens from The Raft aren't big names <laughs> and haven't done anything. But one of them did almost die from hypothermia during filming that part of the film and had to be taken to hospital to recover before they could finish it. Huh. I wondered if the water was actually cold or if they filmed it in summer and it was actually quite warm. That's funny because literally one of the lines as they're getting in is that it's absolutely freezing and that they could die from it. So Your heart might stop. It's yeah. very ironic. Yeah, that's very ironic that one of them nearly died when the film directly pointed that out. Mm. So yeah. Uh, for the third story, the lead is Lois Childs uh, from the Bond movie Moonraker. Yeah. And also Stephen King's in there as a truck driver because, of course, yes, he's, he's great. Yeah. The one character, the one actor that I didn't pick up until I looked at it later was um, Holt McCallany, who plays the the baddie boy in the first one. Ah. He's um the the boss in Mindhunter. Oh, okay. He's also white, playing a Native American. That's what I was like. Oh, I need to. I'm like, I don't reckon he's Native American at all. Um, but sure enough, he plays uh, Bill Tench in Mindhunter. Ah, okay. So he is white as white is, which I was not surprised, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a bit yeah. of a, uh, a given, unfortunately. <sighs> and then he gets murdered for it, because racism's bad. Yeah. yeah. Everyone dies, always. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one gets good good endings in this. No, actually. No. Maybe the kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would argue the ooze monster has a great ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's super happy. You're right, actually, because the ooze monster was very much the villain until that guy assaulted her, and then the ooze monster redeemed himself by killing him. I'm not. Yeah, I'm no longer on. I'm no longer rooting for this guy because what a creep. Yeah. Show. Well, uh, for the reception, twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, audience score of forty one, which is a massive drop from the seventy four percent that the first one has. Uh, yeah, a lot of people say that it, it kind of missed the comic book charm and took itself mm. a bit too seriously. But a lot of that is probably due to the fact that this cost $3.4 which is a massive drop from the $9 million that the first one cut. So their budget was basically slashed in half. Yeah, why is that? That's so weird. I'm not sure. The first one did pretty well. Yeah, you'd think, you'd think after the first one doing so well, but, you know. Oh, you know what it is. The first one was Warner Brothers. This seems to be a much smaller distributor. Yeah. You know, let, let directors not as well-known, not as, in my opinion, not as well-known a cast either. Mm. They were kind of like, eh, we'll see. <laughs> but based off, yeah, three and a half million, what do you think it made, Jen? Number two, three and a half, so budget was three and a half million. Yes. 10, 15? 10 to 15. I don't think it made much. Okay. Well, how about you, Zach? I'm going to go a bit higher. I'm going to go 25. That's Ooh. my guess. Well, the winner is Jen, 14 million. No shit. So it didn't make much at all. 
How much did the first one make? Uh, 26, 25? Yeah, it did well. Yeah. Now, we do have a segment that we've been doing this year, which is the tagline segment, because we realised that taglines from the 80s are hilarious. So... I've got the three taglines of this movie according to IMDb. You both got to pick your favourite. There are three of them. The first one is three blood-curdling tales of horror. Blood-curdling, I don't know about that. Yeah. When the curtain goes up, the terror begins. <laughs> well, we don't have... Yeah, okay. I like that one slightly more. <laughs> Do cinemas even have curtains anymore? Even in, like, in the 80s, oh, in 87? That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's like a creep show, you know? So it's not its not mm. like a creep movie. It's a creep show. So I'll, I'll give it that one. I'll give it that one. The last one is good to the last gasp. I like that. <laughs> I like that one. What? I don't really get it, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. All right, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean, but, but uh, I like it. Not great taglines for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Good to the last gasp. All right, let's let's just let's just jump into the synopsis. <laughs> it opens with the creep driving a car. The number plate of the car is creep, and he's like, "Hey, wow. kid, I've got a magazine for you to read." I am the child catcher, yep. basically. <laughs> yeah, and the makeups were really good, and you're like, "Oh, cool! Yeah. This is gonna be." Yeah, the framing device is this cool creep guy. Boy, I love practical effects. I'm so glad that they have those in this film. Practical effects. And then it turns animated. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been cheaper just to keep to not animate it, do you think? Probably. Yeah. Like, you already had him in the makeup. Why not just do the whole scene in the makeup and then, like, all the consequence, consequential animation scenes? Just film them. I don't know. I don't know how they would have done the Venus flytrap stuff. That could have gone animation then at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have had that last one. Yeah. It, like, turns comic booky at the end where yeah. they get eaten. Yeah. Well, because they did that in the first one. They had live action and then it went just... Uh, it didn't go... It didn't go animation, or the op- it just went comic booky, and it was cool. Mm. I kind of liked the 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 eighties cartoon sort of um, aspect of it, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't exactly high quality, unfortunately. <laughs> no. And the voices of the other kids were like really young children voices. <laughs> yep. Yes. Like seven-year-olds voicing what should I assume were like twelve-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the the like the big bully or whatever it was that squashed yeah. the plant. I'm gonna get ya. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that that was almost for comical effect, though. I thought. I think you're giving them a lot of credit here, Zach. <laughs> yeah, because the framing device is in the first one. Joe Hill, uh, Stephen King's son, has this abusive dad, and he's like, "I'm gonna get a voodoo doll, and I'm gonna make you." You feel pain. Yeah. And it's not clear until the end that that's what he's doing. Like, yeah. It's just kind of cool. The dad throws out the comic book and then it pans to the comic book on the ground. And then it just, as the pages turn, as it need, each story, it didn't need an intro. I don't know. Whereas with this one, it's, yeah, the kid orders a Venus flytrap and then the bullies attack him and then get eaten by giant <laughs> Venus flytraps. And it's not like the stories aren't connected by that at all. Like, yeah, no, that was just like a separate story of its own. And the creep loves his puns as well, which was <laughs> really not. <laughs> they weren't good. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did, I did appreciate them. I like a good, uh, uh, a good pun or two, and I like the overabundance of them. Oh yeah, because he said boys and ghouls. <laughs> yep. But he didn't make a pun out of boys. 
I thought he said boars and ghouls. Yeah, which was like, uh, what? Like, if you're going to go with creepy, like, puns, like, make it like, I don't know. But, like, if you're going to go ghouls, boars doesn't really make sense because you're just calling them either boring or pigs. Boils, maybe, yeah. Boils and ghouls. Yeah, much yeah. better. I quite I quite like the one um, at the end of the raft where they're always talking about oil slicks. And <laughs> just the story ended in it and he was like, well, that was a rather slick story, wasn't it? Was like, this is How many times did he say, have you ever seen an oil slick? Like six times. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was weird. Hey, back then no one had seen oil slicks before. Nowadays yeah. we see them on the news almost every week. So, you know... Uh, we'll jump into yeah the first story before we get to the raft. The first story is Old Chief Woodenhead, mm. um, which I went into being like, oh boy, this is not going to age well, yep. and it didn't age well for different reasons than I thought it wouldn't have aged well for. Yeah. So what is so what happens in this story, Jen? What's the setting? Setting in an old western uh, mining town, by the look of it, and it's a mm. cup uh, a guy who runs a general store who hasn't had a cup customer in well a while but he's still working away and his wife's like you know you gotta retire you gotta quit like you've given this country this town so much and they've just taken away from you anyway she has a bit of a thing against native americans by the sound of it because uh uncle i forget his name ben it's a benjamin Mm -hmm. yeah a native american Mm -hmm. man rocks up and she's like you can't let keep letting him walk all over you he owes you so much money anyway he comes in and offers the proprietor a piece of valuable jewellery, um, mm, silver yeah. and turquoise, as by, by way of uh, collateral, I guess. Um, you hold on to this until we pay our back our debt, and if we can't, you get to keep it. Anyway, they leave. He gets robbed by three punks, um, <laughs> a fat one, a rich one, and a Native American one with a shotgun. During the robbery, both uh, him and his wife are shot, killed... Subsequently, the uh, wooden uh, Native American chief statue that is out the front of the general store that's been lovingly painted and looked after over the years comes to life and it seeks revenge upon the three punks. And in a classic generalization and stereotype, he uh, scalps the the main villain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the problem with this story, which is the reason I liked this story, was they spent too much time establishing the old pair. So much time. Yeah. <laughs> they 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 gave the lowdown like that they had grand they had grandchildren coming on the way. You know, that they'd been in this town and helping out that they were the nicest couple, you know. They spent mm. like the whole story focusing on them to you know, make you like them. I like them. I like the cute little couple. I like yeah. the guy, and he's he's painting little little, little war paints on the thing. And... The wife was pretty racist, though. Oh yeah. Even after she was like, "Oh, he's given us the jewelry," and which he's like, "I'm very grateful," and she's like, "You know what? You aren't like the rest of them." And I was like, "Jesus, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, you've know. proven me wrong." It's like, wow, just because he gave you like a bunch of really important stuff, like now you're okay with him, like. Mm. Yeah. She deserved to die. No. <laughs> wow. No, 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 no. My problem was, like, because a lot of the other stories in number one, they're all slow burns. Like, they're all a lot of dialogue and then, like, a lot of horror at the end. This was just kind of like, why didn't the wooden chief intercept yeah. the murders? Like, why did he wait until they were murdered before he, like, suddenly got really quick and good at fighting? Yeah, this is... 
very much one that, like, I feel like it would work so much better in words on a page. Yeah. Because you've got the setting up of the characters and you'd be in their head a bit more and that would be good and then it would be, like, more of a punch in the gut when they die and then you're like, well, now I want them, like, these bad people to get their comeuppance. Whereas when you're watching it, especially when the movie's called Creepshow, you're like, all right, when's the horror starting? Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing, and I think what should have happened is we should have had maybe, you know, a two-minute two intro for them. It's like, oh, they're down on their luck. Oh, they're this nice couple. Maybe maybe uh, he, like, they just have a scene where he gives away some stuff to someone who can't afford it or something, you know. Which is what he's been, which is what he's been doing all these years, but they don't really, yeah. they just talk a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah, they talk a lot about it. Instead, of, they should have showed it, and then the wife coming in and being like, why did you give it away? We're making no money because you're doing all this shit. I think the other thing was that I was, I was, wait, that whole scene when the robbery was taking place, I was waiting for the statue to come in and, like, intervene because they showed that it moved. Yeah. It wasn't that the deaths like made it live brought it to life or the spilling of blood or whatever or whatever you want to say that the guy said hello as he was leaving he said goodbye to the statue and the statue moved its eyebrows and so it's established that it is conscious this whole time and didn't do anything about the murder so i'm just kind of a bit like annoyed at the statue that it- <laughs> yeah yeah well i think that the problem is that it did move beforehand and it shouldn't have it should have been like the deaths of these people brought it to life. That that was yeah. that was clearly the intention of the story, but for the movie, they like made it move a little bit to try and indicate to you that it was important. Yeah, which was dumb and sort of ruins the story in that aspect. Yeah, agree. Yeah, that's definitely a big issue with this one. Is yeah, which I think is it's the same with um. There's a few other Stephen King adaptations where that happens as well like the the pet cemetery the first one the first like pet cemetery adaptation it did that as well where like it teased that just hold on there's some violence that's gonna happen eventually and that completely just ruins the tension and makes you expect certain things to happen which is yeah where this you know that the statue is gonna come to life Yeah. yeah 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 So you had the, like, two-minute intro for them, then they get murdered, and then the rest of the story is we see the the statue hunting them down and murdering them. Yeah. Like, that should have been the main focus. That took, like, five minutes. Yeah, yeah, it took no time at all, and and it wasn't uh, as satisfying, I think, as it could have been. Uh, So I would have liked to see more, more of him hunting them down, or, like, I don't know... And he murders murders the the fat guy by stuffing candy down his throat or something like that. <laughs> right. You know, yep. some yeah. some classic ironic deaths. You know, or like have a bit of a spend some time on him stalking them and like yeah, seeing him and then he's not there anymore. You know, fright. You know, a classic. You got to frighten them first. You know, killing them's too easy. It's it's what a, you're saying is you should creep them out a bit. <laughs> creep show them out a bit. You know. Hey. That is true. Yeah, the deaths in this short, definitely compared to the last one, because I was kind of worried that a lot of this movie would be way tamer than the first one, and I think that helped with the last one's gore being so... It worked on a different level, because I wasn't expecting them to go that far, considering how the first two went. But yeah, like, it was very unsatisfying. I mean, well, one of them gets shot in the head, you don't even see the second guy's death, and then the third one is just, he gets scalped off screen. Oh yeah, the second guy gets axed. 
in a but in silhouette in shadow. And then um, the yeah, the first guy gets arrows through, which is pretty cool. And I and I got I got a great quote from this one, which is once they see this hair, oh. they're gonna say, Sam, get over here. Yeah, the main the main robber who is the guy in, in, in Native American body paint, which was awful, he's super obsessed with his hair because he wants to go to Hollywood. Uh, and he spends a lot of time, I would say probably maybe four to five minutes of screen time of this story is dedicated to his hair. Which, on, uh, admittedly, I didn't expect the scalping. Like, the mm. hair, the, all that hair talk, I should have gone, uh-oh, I see where this is going, because I'm usually pretty yeah. good at picking that kind of thing. Maybe because I'm not uh, racist, so that's not the first thing I think of when I think of Native American mm. people. But yeah, at the end, I was like, oh, they've cut, he cut his hair off. Oh, yeah, that's sad. He'll lose his power. And I was like, oh, he scalped him. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> but the hair was pretty frizzy, I have to say. It wasn't that nice, Sam. <laughs> it's true. Mm, it's true. Yeah, you needed more conditioner, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Conditioner, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why they were going to Vegas, right? To get conditioner. Yeah. I don't like revenge stories, really, as a rule. Unless it's the person themselves taking revenge. Mm. But it's when it's someone doing it on their behalf. Yeah. I don't know. It just It wasn't anything I hadn't seen before. Oh, yeah, that's true. And it ends, yeah, it ends with, um, which I thought was a really odd moment where Uncle Ben comes back to the store and sees the statue holding the scalp and is like, thank you. And I'm like, well, if that's your nephew. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> two points here. He's like, thank you, you can rest now. I'm like, what? What do you mean? You don't know what's happened. All you see is you can see his nephew's hair yeah. in the statue's hand. He has no idea what's happened. Is it meant to imply that he kind of like had something to do with it? Like, oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, like did he? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He set this all up, he co- or he not necessarily set it up, but he's known that the statue has that magical powers, or he gave it its magical powers. Well, he knew he knew that. No, no, no. What I'm saying is he set this all up. <laughs> he gave them the oh, jewels. The jewels and then was like, I gave the shopkeepers some jewels today, Sam. Oh. You're a piece of shit. You'll never make it in Hollywood. <laughs> so he, he did this whole thing to get rid of his debt. Oh. He got rid of his debt and he got his stupid nephew murdered. I don't like that idea, because that makes him the villain, and I think no. <laughs> Yeah, no. But, uh, like, why Why does he, like, thank the statue and he can rest? He doesn't know what's happened. He True. doesn't know that the shopkeepers has been murdered. He doesn't know that the nephew. It only makes sense if he set it all up. Mm. But if that was the case, and this, like, just going off the theme and the tone of the rest of the film, he would have said it and then done, like, an evil smile at the camera. Uh, before we move on, I did have one quote that I wanted to mention, which I thought was... Not a very well written line. At the very start, the wife is like, "A chief without war paint is like a store owner without a town to sell his goods to." What the fuck? Like, <laughs> a, what? No. A chief without war paint is just not at war. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry, but when when he woke up and put the war paint on his face, he already had that side. Do the other side, dude. You're missing your left cheek, not your right cheek. Yes, I noticed mm. that as well. I guess it's just because they couldn't get the costume to move his other hand. To do his other hand. <laughs> Let's move on to the raft, the second story. Zach, brief synopsis. What happens in the raft? So this is, this is probably the most creepy of all of both of them. Uh, all the all the stories, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, there's a bunch of jerks on a road trip. <laughs> They're, um, you know, a, a couple of young adults fresh from college. 25-year-old teens. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, 35-year-old teens. <laughs> yeah. um, they go to a, uh, a, a lovely, uh, serene lake in the middle of nowhere where no one's around to witness the horrors that are about to begin. Uh, they go swimming and they spot uh, oil slick, which eats some ducks. And then it goes to eat them and they're like, oh no. So they hop on a raft and then one of their friends gets eaten by it. And they're like, damn. Have you ever seen an oil slick before? <laughs> <laughs> Times four. <laughs> and um, and uh, then uh, they get slowly picked off one by one by this weird uh, ooze monster thing. It's a top in a lake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, I, have, I have a um, user review that uh, mentions yep. that it is, in fact, a top. Uh, I think that's about it. That's pretty much the whole story. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's it. Just for the sake of the listeners, if you haven't heard, if you haven't watched this movie, just to give you a real idea as to the level of jerks we're dealing with, the opening line for the story while they're in the car driving to the lake is, I feel the need, the need for weed. Just, that <laughs> should give you an idea of how terrible these characters are. Yeah. I didn't even pick that up. That's. Oh yep. Uh, that's, uh, that's great. I did appreciate that the tarp that the monster at first you couldn't really see what it was. And that I do like that about a lot of Stephen King monsters is you're not quite sure. Like they could have just had a, a giant crocodile or like a giant something, but you were like, what is – you're learning as as the protagonists are learning, like what the fuck is that? And then until it kills somebody and then you're like, oh, okay, that's what we're dealing with. But you just have no idea. I yeah. mean, still at the end, you don't know what it is. No, but you know how it kind of kills. Mm, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, and the oil, like, there was some disgusting kills in this one as well. Yeah. I couldn't watch a lot of it, actually. I don't do well with, like, skin. Melting. Yeah. Melting yeah. and, like, wetness. I don't like wet horror. I think I've spe- said this before. I don't like wet horror, like, innards and, and blood and, like, melting and stuff so i was having an awful time oh that's right i remember you saying that after that particular episode of lovecraft country this is definitely in that level of yeah the skin because like there's that one where the guy's standing on the raft and it kind of comes up through his foot and like the skin just and then pulls him through and his legs in the air (laughs) (laughs) and you're like jesus um and like stickiness, like flesh being pulled off. Yeah, I was pretty grossed out as well by uh, when the oil slick started making noises, and oh. they were just fart noises. And I thought, <laughs> I thought that some guy on the raft was pooping. <laughs> take, take this, you ooze monster! <laughs> I did, I did enjoy. I do respect the um, the setup of the classic trope of the the whore, the jock the fool and the virgin or the Madonna of the four mm, characters. Yeah. And then they fucked with the order of that. Um, if you ever seen Cabin in the Woods. Um, yeah. So I was like, well, she'll, the, the, the virgin, the redhead girl, she's like a bit shy and she's not smoking the weed initially. And you know, blah, blah, blah. She'll, she'll, she'll either die at last or survive. She was the first to go. Yeah. So I yeah, was like, was Oh, that's kind of cool. They're fucking with the like classic order of uh, that yeah. horror deaths, yeah. which was cool. Um, and then the, the whore, as she's known, is kind of, Left almost till last. Yeah, left until that. Oh, the creepiest scene in the movie where yeah. I just could not believe that that's what they did. This is the other thing about the sequel. The first film, like horror in the eighties, was well known for being very gross, very male gazy, as we've seen with most of the films we've done yeah. this year. 
And, uh, yeah, that was part of the appeal, was you go to it, there's some scares, and also some nudity. This film, the first one didn't lean into that at all, uh, which is why I think that film is a classic. This one very much does. Uh, and, yeah, it's a little gross. Oh, I think it's very gross. Well, it was kind of like, I think it would have been, like, cooler isn't the right term, but if those two had been flirting, maybe, or, like, there was a, they were dating or something, and, like, it was, it was a consensual thing where they're like we're so exhausted and scared like let's have sex in case we die and then instead he, she was i thought dead but then it turns out she was asleep and he just fucking got all creepy and like oh just like i was like he should die he's done that's <laughs> it i don't care anymore yeah well he does die and i feel like that's that's the most satisfying bit is when he's like haha i've escaped you fucking stupid thing and then it just eats him <laughs> yeah oh, that was fun. i was like it's gonna come out of the water like come on yeah yeah, yeah. we're at no point does he know that it can't, you know, leave the water? <laughs> it was just such an odd choice, I think, that mm. moment. Um, yeah. It just came out of nowhere. And I was reading a review where the, the, this guy, I, like, screenshot it, and he said, Gornick, the director, Gornick even manages to elicit some eroticism out of the episode with some brief nudity as our ostensible hero, a teenage boy, finds himself unable to stop from fondling the passed-out hot girl he's been smitten with. A nice, naughty moment that would be hard-pressed to get away with shooting in today's climate. Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why it'd be hard-pressed. That's so weird. I was like, it's not necessary. Like, have a a cool sex scene instead, you know? Like, that would have been cooler. That's more of a classic thing. But also, like... If you need to get away with something, then you know it's wrong. Anyway, that pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was, yeah. It's not erotic at all. It's not erotic. You see her boobs, but there's no way is it erotic. Like, sorry. It was doubly horrible because she dies from it as well. Yes. I felt more sick in that moment than I did with any of the other gore, and I felt quite sick for a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I loved that whole that whole story. I loved, except that just ruined it for me. Yeah, it was fun. It was cheesy, and then that yeah, it just felt very unnecessary. Very unnecessary. But like, I just feel like there's just so many cooler ways you could have done that. Like they could have woken up, been scared, you know, gotten a bit into it. She's you know at the point of climax, and he thinks she's enjoying it, but she's actually dying, and it's and it's cries of pain. You know, boom! Mm. I just fixed it. You fixed the movie. Mm. And it's R-rated. Was it this one R-rated as well? Uh, I think so, yeah. R-rated already. Like, you may as well just go all out with it. Yeah. Anyway. And then, like, the no swimming sign at the <laughs> yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Did you not just mention that there's people here during summer and that they all swim there? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, the very end of the story is when everyone's died, it pans across the lake and we see a no swimming sign. Even though, as you mentioned, they already established people swim here all the time. Yeah, so. yeah. Because mm. the, the fact that there's a raft which is built to dive off of that's the point of those things yeah man we don't know but maybe the thing only comes out during the winter or something and that's why there's no people around here at the moment because anybody else who's been swimming's gotten at got melted and yeah i didn't like um the second girl's death i mean it was good and then she kind of her skeleton kind of comes out yeah and and i was like that's cool and i was like but i feel sick in my tummy (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that that's cool, but I don't like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's it, it's definitely the most horrifying mm. of the stories, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a different sort of horror to the first film as well, because, like, the ending of the Leslie Nielsen one is the most frightening for me, I think, just because it's, like, 
there's a lot of noise. Um, and for some reason, lots of noise is quite upsetting for me. I don't know why. A lot of noise. He's kind of laughing. He's kind of a bit crazy. And, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit scary. But like, that is still very corny. I think it's probably because the background then goes like weird comic book colors and everything, which is not in this one. Yeah. But yeah, like this felt more like a piranha than a creep yeah. show. I like those kind of the setups like um, like Yakujo where it's like you're stuck in this car, there's something out there that can kill you, how are you getting out of this kind of thing. And that mm, kind of, that's mm. what the raft gave me that that creeping terror like oh, could you swim for it? Oh, but you wouldn't be fast enough. Maybe you could paddle the raft but it's anchored to the bottom of like how but this constant looming threat and I thought that was much scarier than your obvious gore and yeah, much scarier than a giant wooden statue that takes revenge, <laughs> that does the right thing for you. Like, that's not scary because it's a revenge story, you know? Yeah, it's always scarier when the when the bad thing is preying on everybody, yeah. good or bad. Like, it's just, yeah. it's, yeah, definitely. you know. All right, well, the uh, third and final story is The Hitchhiker. The general premise for this is... There is this married woman, she's cheating on her husband with a sex worker who charges by the orgasm, which is funny, but she is late to meet up with the husband. So she is in her car, she's hurrying home, and along the way manages to hit and kill a hitchhiker on the road, and she's then uh, haunted by what we assume is her own subconscious, but there might be something supernatural at play. A zombie sort of version of this hitchhiker is just, is spooking her. She keeps killing it over and over again, but it keeps coming back more broken and more destroyed and more disgusting until she eventually gets home and is killed by this hitchhiker. And her husband finds her in the car with the hitchhiker's sign around her neck, mm. meaning it probably wasn't all in her head. Very spooky. Very creepy. This was very long. Yes. So long. And you just summarised it within like a minute. <laughs> Basically, it's, I know what you did last summer, but it's not a fisherman. Uh, sorry. Well, this is obviously before I know what you did last summer, but, yep. it, you know, that kind of hurt, killed someone. You had the choice to be, do the right thing and you didn't. And now you're getting haunted by it. Yes. And the moments where she's getting attacked by this this hitchhiker was pretty scary, just purely because of the makeup, I think. Like, this is where the makeup goes full force. I loved the terminatedness of it, where it keeps getting destroyed, but it keeps coming back, but, like, parts of it are missing until yeah. you get to the end, where it's just this... It's just this destroyed face. The tongue's, like, hanging out. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't look at it. I was like, nah, that's it. <laughs> It reminded me of the um, Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead where they just, like, focus on a zombie eating someone's intestines for way longer than they needed to. I'm like, he doesn't need to be licking her face for 30 seconds. We get it. He's creepy. Felt a bit gratuitous. (laughs) Um, And I know it wasn't Romero, this, he wasn't directing it, but it felt that kind of gratuitous, like, look how cool and scary this is and we spent a lot of money and time on this so we're going to show it for (laughs) longer than we need to. And then it kind of goes, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) But but I thought it was cool, Jen. I liked that it was on screen. I liked that it was all bloody and gross and horrible. I think because I can only stomach so much of that. Yeah, like, that's, that's yeah, my yeah, that's yeah. my weakness. Is that is practical effects? They just look creep me out. Just mm. that's because they're the best. Practical yeah. effects are just superior to yeah every other effect. That's a fact, and there's no <laughs> there's no opposition to that. No. Zero. No, I 
respect the actor that played the hitchhiker who also did all his own he was a stuntman oh. some of the scenes where he's like rolling down the hill and he's punching the bonnet and he's still on the car like, this guy yeah I was wondering how they did that because that looked incredible yeah yeah he like fully like did it on a moving car so cool wow that's awesome yeah yeah the makeup uh, is it the scene where he's getting pummeled into a tree that was like <laughs> it was just like just the amount of just him getting destroyed was so the chronology of the hitchhiker's body throughout this whole story it was a journey man you know he started off yeah. as a person and then he got hit and then he's kind of a zombie and then like his arm gets like slightly like cut yeah. and it's just it carries across the whole thing just like stuff like that was really interesting but- and the whole way through he was awfully grateful and, pro- and polite <laughs> constantly thanking her for giving him a ride thanks for the ride lady <laughs> She also, again, just, like, didn't react the way that people would react. Like, after she's killed him, she first sees him on the ramp, and then he's gone. And she kind of just, like, drives 100 metres and then stops and looks back. And I'm like, don't just drive. Just keep driving. Like, why are you only driving 30 metres away? Like, sorry. Yeah, no one would stop there. They would just keep going. Oh, and that was when she said the line, ah, you're seeing things, bitch. And I was like, why would you, like, one, first of all, why would you call yourself that? It felt really weird. Um, The problem with this, I think, is the writing. They spend so much time with her in the car being like, well, I've got to get back because if I don't get back, this will happen. But maybe he's not at home. My husband's going to divorce me. Also, why was she meeting him at, like, 11.30 at night? And, like, the whole driving home, like, Maybe he, you know, maybe he's running late. No, absolutely not. Not Mr. Blah, blah, blah. He's always on time. Never misses a beat. Yeah. Like, yes. It would have worked as a story written down because that would all just be, you know, narrative. Yes. And that would be her thoughts. Yeah. Not out loud. Yeah. And they do do narration at one point, which then made me think, why isn't all her dialogue in narration? That would have been annoying and you would have had to film a lot of B-roll, but it would have felt more natural. Oh, yeah, because when she's driving off with the completely destroyed car that shouldn't be moving, um, that's all narration, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Also, I loved the chron- <laughs> just the car getting more and more destroyed as well. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mercedes, yeah, yeah. a Mercedes that they set up in the first scene where he's like, you've got your Mercedes, like, it's all about the Mercedes and it gets... Yes, the very expensive car. $4,000 and it'll be like you just tricked it up from the shop. $25,000, <laughs> Mrs. Lancaster, it'll be like you just drove yourself out of the shop. <laughs> Well, I think she was going slightly crazy at that point, was the idea. It's a common thing. I noticed a theme in, in some of the, the early ones, the first film as well. There's a lot of people going mad in the, in their horror, like Leslie Nielsen. There's another one where someone ends up laughing. I think it's in the crate. And then this one as well, like people just, because I guess that's pretty realistic. Yeah. Well, uh, she she first hits a guy, which is already a traumatic experience for her. And then she kept, keeps having to kill the same guy over and over again. Yeah. And he yeah. keeps appearing. She's probably going a bit crazy. And I think the, the sort of allegory, some, some sort of meaning in this is that as her car gets more damaged, as he's getting more damaged, she is also mm. getting more damaged, but yeah. mentally. That is a theme, though. I'm just thinking about it now. And like half of the stories in the TV show are also yeah. about people 
slowly going insane. Yeah. There was one in the recent season, uh, Pesticide, I think it was called, that makes no sense. But the entire arc is just this guy going slowly more and more crazy. Uh, so, yeah, that is definitely a creep show theme. Yeah. We should talk about Stephen King, though. He does play the truck driver uh, who <laughs> comes, across the, <laughs> comes across the body of the hitchhiker at one point with a bunch of other people. He's great. His his acting in these movies is yeah. ridiculous. I think that's the idea. He's ha- he hands it up. Yeah, you know, it's great. But yeah, that that might be it because then it ends with uh, the final animated short of the bullies chasing the kid into a corner and then getting attacked by giant Venus flytraps. Are we led to believe that every every issue of the Creepshow magazine that he's been getting, he's been ordering a Venus flytrap and he's been planting them and like cultivating them in this in this place. I guess, or or is it a part of the book? Is this a part of the Creepshow comic? Ah. Uh-huh. All, all I know is that they like meat. Oh, I did like the ending credits though, which was Tom Savini as the creep just throwing yeah. magazines into the air as he drives away. <gasps> That was good. Although, although the ending credits uh, soundtrack nowhere near as good as the first one. The first movie's ending credits are like ridiculous and yeah. very disturbing and just jumps all over the place. Whereas with this, it was like a jolly little theme tune. Yeah, that right there is Creepshow Two. Uh, Zach, is it an oldie or is it a goodie? What do you think? I don't know. I haven't seen the first one, or at least haven't seen it in living memory. So I feel like I feel like I was a bit more uh, light on this film, whereas you guys are like, Did we the first one was way better. What the <laughs> fuck is this shit? <laughs> we were that we were that guy. This is garbage. This is terrible. And I'm like, oh well, uh, I, I thought it was all right. Um, <laughs> But the problem with it, I really feel, is the first one, I liked the story. I liked the, the, the shopkeeper and sort of yep. things and the sort of revenge thing. But it's not really a horror story. Mm. <laughs> um, it's not creepy. And the last one's weird because it's got the self-narration thing. But I don't know how horrifying it was till the very end where he's just like a bloody mess. Yeah, That was obviously mm. a bit ho- horrifying. But I don't know. I, I only really felt horrified in the second story. Mm. With that, like, the circling monster where they can't do anything and that just sort of existential dread of they are trapped and they are going to die sort of thing. Yeah. That that really that really got to me the horror aspect. Yeah. The rest of the stories, yeah. Yeah, and the kind of um compounding of that horror. Like at first you're like, Oh, that's mm. a bit creepy. Oh, it kills people. Okay, well it can't get us. Oh, it can get up through the bits in the in the raft, so we're not even safe on the raft. Like that kind of um, Ex- adding the escalation of yeah. the the horror. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. at first he sees the ducks die in it. He's like, "Oh, that's not good. Mm. Uh, what is that over there?" And then it and then it looks like it was going to murder them, and then it does, and it's just all it all escalates until finally it jumps out of the water. Water is a big wave and just. <laughs> yep. just felt like a lot, a lot of a better pace and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas the other two stories didn't feel as uh, fleshed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'll, I'll, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'll probably give it an oldie, mm. but I would look to, you know, see the first one probably. By the sound of it, it's much better. Gets an oldie from me. I just don't think it aged very well. Um, whereas the mm. first one, even though it's older, it's still really cool. Yeah, other than the Raft story, which re- got ruined for me in the last 
you know, minute of it. It's an oldie. Yeah. I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't go and watch it again. The second one was creepy, the first one was a revenge story, and the last one was for in my opinion, gore for gore like for gore's sake, like look how cool we can do stunts and makeup. The f- yeah, yeah. I found the first one interesting, but there were a few things I held it back. As you mentioned, it's not really scary. The second one had some good stuff, but then also, yeah, it got kind of ruined at the end for me. And yeah. the third one was visually impressive, but I didn't care. Again, it was like a, a story that we'd seen a thousand times. I don't know how many times at the time when that film came out that that story had been done of the, like, kill somebody and then be haunted by them or, or your, you know, yeah. subconscious... Um, well, that, that's the thing, right? It doesn't. Nowadays, we're looking at it th- through the lens of all these other things mm. that have come out. Yeah, and that's deliberately why we we're not calling it bad. We're calling it old. Yeah, yeah. old. Yeah. As well, like with the first one, a lot of the first one is stuff that we've seen before as well. But that comic booky style, I think, yeah. is just is so much fun, and it really there was so many like the moment in the crate one where the monster kind of rears up and roars and behind it goes all like red and blue and it's like framed in like a triangle and it's just like that's cool yeah mm. yeah wow guys that sounds so much fun i'm so glad i didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i gave it to you you could have watched it but yeah yeah, yeah. I probably, no, no no i'm absolutely gonna watch it after this but i did i didn't i wanted the perspective of yes. someone that hadn't seen it yeah. and or yeah. hadn't seen it in living memory and it, it was eh. Yeah, I'm going to go... Oh, I, I really wanted to like this, but yeah, I'm going to go oldie as well, I think. It relies on that middle story and that it's not as good... It's not good enough to carry the whole film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the next few segments, though, I, a quick roundup on the sequels, because there are multiple sequels to this. Mm. Uh, originally, Creepshow 2 was, at, was meant to be five stories long, like the first one. Um, the other two were going to be based off the King short stories Pinfall, and Cat from Hell, the last of which sounds great. Yeah. They couldn't make them work with the budget, though, so instead the George Romero script for Cat from Hell was made as a part of a 1990 anthology movie called Tales from the Dark Side, instead, based off the TV show. Some people consider that film to be Creepshow 3, but Cat from Hell is the only Stephen King story in there, and for me, Mm. Creepshow, the movies at least, are... It all has to be Stephen King based, so I don't yeah. really think it is Creepshow Three, because there's like an Arthur Conan Doyle short story in there or something. It's like, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I still kind of want to check that out. There is an actual Creepshow Three though. It came out in 2006 and is only called Creepshow Three because the film publisher p- uh, purchased the rights to call it Creepshow Three. Wow. So it's like Troll Two. It's got nothing to do with yours. yeah, it, yeah. It completely ditches the comic book aspect. It's just a horror anthology, and everyone hates it. That sounds that sounds bad. Then yeah, in 2019, they started the Creepshow TV show, uh, which is still airing. The second season's currently going out, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Most of it's pretty good. Some of them aren't great. Um, but I like pretty much all of it. Cool. Yeah, well, that that's that's a TV show about, like, short stories, right? You know, some of them will be better than others. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. I, I particularly loved, I think it was called The Finger, um, which was this weird, like, E.T., but very stupid and gory um, <laughs> version. <laughs> that was very that's... funny. Uh, so, yeah, I, I highly recommend that. Oh, and the Christmas special as, as well, which was, like, a... Where Animals Anonymous, which was this like anonymous <laughs> meeting of a bunch of people that turn into animals when the full moon comes out. <laughs> That's great. That sounds so ridiculous. Um, instead of pitching our own sequels, Jan, this year 
we are doing an add and remove segment okay. where if there's one thing from the movie that you would add and one thing that you would remove to make it better, Zach, what have you got? Well, I think we can all agree on we can add or remove, just change the the, the molestation scene. Yeah. Yep. Make that, that a bit better because that saves the one good story <laughs> um, that we have. I don't know how to save the last story exactly. I, I, I've pretty much said what I'd add and remove. I would remove her speaking out loud, just have it as yes. narration. Yes. I have no idea how to make that one more horrifying. Maybe just make it shorter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's shorter, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then the first one, I know how to fix that one, which is only have like the intro for the, 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 the good people be like two, three minutes, you know, five minutes to establish them. And then we we can see them being hunted down and like tracked, and mm. you know murdered ironically that sort of thing. That's that's what I'd add and or remove. How about you, Jen? Uh, obviously, remove uh, the sexual assault um, and add an awesome sex scene, like eighties as hell. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that you know you could you could you could put that down to that that running theme of people going slowly hysterical or crazy. In, the, in that horrific thing, they're tired, they've gone a little bit crazy, and they decide to have sex on the rough. They're licking eyebrows in the 80s yeah, style. Yeah, it's mm. weird, yeah. Yummy. And then I would probably remove, yeah, remove, the, remove her inner monologue yeah. um, from the third one and make it either not at all or narration. Make it shorter, or instead of just having him clinging to the car constantly, I don't know, have him more stalky, make it a little bit more creepy as opposed to just like, it's a lot, like a lot of action for the whole thing. Um, driving through forests and things, like it was a lot. Maybe it happens over like a week. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. No matter where she goes, she gets the car fixed or something. And I don't know, there was so many times where I was like, he's going to be in the back seat. Like he'll, he'll pop yeah, up through, yeah. you know, things like that. Look in the rearview mirror, there he is. Like jump, more jump scares, even though I fucking hate jump scares. Pull more jump scares in. <laughs> yep. Um, the first one, same with Zach, like, Shorten the start and have a, a longer... Maybe I just like people being hunted and stalked. That's a running theme here. <laughs> sounds, sounds great to me. <laughs> Remove the um, in-between introductions. Get rid of them. I hated them. Hated them. Hated the creep character. I thought he was annoying. It felt... It reminded me of, and I know that, it, again, like Zach said, looking through the lens of stuff you've seen since, but you can't help but do that. Um uh, what was that TV show? Scary stories um, happened to a friend of a fr- freaky, freaky stories. Was it? I think it was just called Freaky Stories. I just loved the, the first one, the way they did it with the comic book. So yeah, remove those in between bits, shorten the stories, and have an extra story in there. The cat from hell. The cat from hell sounds awesome. So yeah, I would do, probably do the same thing. I'd yeah, r- remove animation, just get rid of that style of animation, and go back to the comic book panning uh and i'd probably just add romaro as the director again yeah just to bring in that comic bookness um that he brought in like the lights changing and all that sort of stuff i thought was pretty good just make it more stylized i think is what i'm saying instead of feeling like a pretty average b movie like horror which is what some of these yeah well pretty much all of these felt like all right We'll move on from that to the other new segment we're doing this year, which is the, the checklist. This is the segment where we have a list of tropes, Jen, from all the films we've done this year, um, mm-hmm. and we slowly add to it. We're going to go through the list, see how tropey this film is compared to other films this year. 
I'm thinking, actually, it's probably going to get a lot of these. Uh, the first trope is, is the movie bad porridge? I think this movie's awful porridge. Zach, creeps make awful porridge. Yep, nope. It uh, doesn't make a good porridge. And talking about freaky stories reminded me of the worms in, in the popcorn. Mm. Um, that's bad porridge. Yeah. And uh, just even thinking about that, I'd say that ooze pile, that, that ooze that's going in the lake, it's probably not going to make great porridge. That's not You're going to eat some porridge. of that, your lips are going to melt off. That's no good. No, no, no. That's bad porridge. Jen, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know what that means, so I'm going to say bad porridge. <laughs> I would not eat it for breakfast. No. Correct. Then it's bad porridge. Boom. Easy question. Is the whole point of that trope to confuse guests? Maybe. Bad porridge. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, were the characters dumb? Yes. Yes. Yep. It's a, it's a horror film, so <laughs> yes. Was uh, another trope from this year has been that the bad guys have been from foreign countries? I don't know if there necessarily was a bad guy in these stories. Other than Sam. He wasn't Native American when he should have been, so... Uh... Kind of, yes, he was from a foreign country. He was from England. Mm. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yes, the English. Colonialism. Yeah. Bang. Colonialism was the villain the whole time. It gets that trope. It definitely does not get all the good guys live. All of Everyone dies. Everyone dies. Um, was there a power outage in this movie? Yes, there was at the start of The Hitchhiker. The reason why she's woken up late is because there was a power outage that reset his alarm clock. Ah, yep. It's hard for some of these because they say character like the lead, uh, and there wasn't really a lead in these, but I guess we can talk about all of them, jump around, whatever. We'll make it work. Does the lead sacrifice themselves? No. Nope. Not at all. Does the female lead fall in love with the male lead? No. No. But also, there weren't any great female characters in this anyway. So. No. <laughs> there was the wife, but um, she was already in love, and her main goal was to be racist, so yeah. Yeah. it wasn't really her, her thing. So, uh, yeah. Uh, were there dead animals? Oh, you had the ducks die in the oil slick. Yeah, ducks got eaten. That's right, it does get that trope. Those are definitely not alive ducks, so the dead animals... Boom. And the cre- and the hor- the dude at the start, the creep, where he's sitting and he eats some meat. That's a dead animal. Oh, mm, true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> if we're gonna split hairs, you know. I mean, technically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. canonical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Is it a ripoff of, of other famous movies? Yeah, probably. Mm. Uh, does a vehicle break down? Oh boy, does it. <laughs> yep. Yep. That car gets slowly destroyed throughout the entire film. Was there slow motion? I don't think there. Oh no! At the very end, when the sludge thing jumps up and eats him. I think think that was in slow motion. That is slow-mo. Yep. Was there a song with the title of the movie in it? Not in this one. There was in the first one, though. Yeah. We could give it the proc, the proxy (laughs) Um, trope. Noticeable green screen. They couldn't afford it. Uh, (laughs) Being knocked on the head and falling unconscious. Yes, in The Hitchhiker, she falls unconscious, but that's more because she faints. Yeah. She does get a head injury, though. Oh, well, the guy gets Mm. axed in the head. That counts. Uh, I don't think that's in the spirit of that trope. Mm. The spirit of that trope is that it's like one tap and they're out, you know? Or like someone gets punched in the face and they're immediately unconscious, you know? That sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah, so it doesn't... I don't think it gets that one. Narration. Yes, it does get it, but it didn't get it as much as it should have gotten (laughs) it. Yeah. Oh, and it also uh, works for the only for sequels trope, which is clips from the first movie. It doesn't get that one. No. There were no clips from the first film at all. All right, 
So now it's time for the segment everyone's been waiting for. It's time for the most horrible, the most disgusting, the most creepy of reviews. It's time for the raving reviews segment. This week we get the most horrible, most idiotic people to write reviews on Rotten Tomatoes to creep you out and absolutely scare you at the state of humanity. Um, uh, as always, I get the, uh, reviews from Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score, not the critics, because the critics sometimes know what they're talking about, and we don't want any of that. Yeah, so how this works is, I'm going to tell you a review, and you've got to guess the score. Uh, the scores are between 0.5, that's important, because 0.5s, and 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week I'm starting off with a with a minor segment in it, which is called uh, "My Grading System's <laughs> Better Than Yours," <laughs> which is uh, within the review they've put their own grading system because out of five doesn't work well enough for them. <laughs> so the first one we have is from Tyler. Tyler and. T- Tyler says, while some of the stories are interesting, they either feel very rushed or they dragged on uh, for far too long. Grade C. So, Sandro, I'm going to get you to guess out of five. What do you think this person, Tyler, has gra- has graded this out of five? Well, it should be 3.5, but I'm going to say it's a three. I was also thinking a three. You were, you were also thinking a three. So you're both locking in three? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a three out of five. Well done. That's a point for each of you. A point for each of you. Well done. Well done. Dylan says, not an extremely satisfying follow-up, but I've seen worse. Mm. C. Oh, no. I don't think it's going to be a three, because I don't think you would do two in a row the same, Zach. That's Mm. just me. Yeah, I've never done that before, right, Sandra? I don't think it's a two. Oh, maybe it's a two point. I don't think it. It sounds like you liked it, so I don't know. Yeah, four. Okay, four. I'm going to... I think I... Oh, I'm going to go 2.5, actually. I'm going to sit on that 2.5. 2.5? Yeah, yeah. why, why a 2.5? Because uh, it could be three, but you've been mentioning it a lot, which makes me think that it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why. It is 2.5. Hey. Congrats. <laughs> now on to the, the real reviews. <clears throat> uh, Ross said... Sad, tired, cheap, and about as scary as a cold cup of joe. <laughs> I'll stick with the much better first film. God, that's a good review. Two. Two. Ooh, Jen. two. Jen's out of the gate. Two. Bang. She's on it. She knows what this one is. One. Ooh. I'll go lower. Ooh, unfortunately you're both wrong as it's a 0. 0.5. Oh, okay. It wasn't that bad. He really hated it. Yep. As much as he hates cold coffee. Cameron says... Uh, more ridiculous tales in this unnecessary sequel. That's not too negative. 2.5, yeah, 2.5. Okay, okay. Uh, two. Uh, it's one out of five. Oh, it's okay. one out of five. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, unnecessary, as in complete garbage, obviously. Mm, right, fair enough. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, Giuliano, who says exactly what you would expect. Thanks. Thanks, Juliana. So, so, Jen, what do you think exactly what you would expect means? Three. Three? Ooh. Because exactly what you expect means he didn't have high expectations, which means he's probably been potentially pleasantly surprised. Because that's exactly what I said about the Mortal Kombat movie. It's exactly what I expected, and I gave it, like, 3.5 out of 5. Yeah. 
Same. Then why didn't you go 3.5 instead of 3? All right, Zach, 3.5. <laughs> oh. If I'm if it's 3, I'm going to come through this computer like creep show style and kill you. <laughs> well, Okay. My life is on the line, Sandro. Please help. What's your risk? I'm going to go 1.5. 1.5. Oh, you're going for the lower end. Yeah. Uh, it's four out of five. Oh, uh, yes. It's four out of five. Because he might have expected it to be awesome, and then he said, it's exactly what you expect. So you, do, unless you know his expectations, unless you've got mm. his origin story... It's almost like it's a complete garbage review, <laughs> and the only way you would know what he'd expect was to know the score. If he narrated like that last story. Yeah. Uh, we have Harriet. It's okay. My favourite was the carp tarp lake floaty dude. <laughs> <laughs> what was the opening of that? Sorry, what was the first? Sorry, I could, I could, I could get through all that. Um, it's okay. My favourite was the the crap top lake floaty dude. <laughs> That's good. That's a good review. Uh, it's okay. Okay usually means like yeah, three and a half. Uh, you're you're guessing three and a half. Okay, Sarge. Sorry, that one makes me laugh every time I read it. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll go three. Uh, it's two point five. Ah, it's two point yeah, five. Okay. It's a bit. Right. It's a bit lower. What's the scores so far, Sandra? Uh, Jen's on one, I'm on two. Yikes. Mainly just got those from the opening two. Uh, two <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all right, Jen, this is the one to bring it back, all right? So you've got you've to be in sync with Liam, all right? Uh, reviewed on the blog, http colon slash slash less than three films dot blogspot.com <laughs> slash 2010 slash five slash creep show to gornick at 1987 dot html <laughs> <laughs> why do you think he rated it oh no what was the review that was it that was the review is it a link to this person's blog and so we assume that when you click on it he's done a pretty in-depth Review. I'm going to go two. Two, all right. Two, why, why is that? Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's fair. I'm David Lynch. I'm not elaborating. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's that's very fair Um, because there's no way you should know what he's, he's put down because he just leaked to his blog. He seems like an attention seeker. So I figure if he's linking people to his blog, he's, he's written something that he thinks is potentially controversial, like a bad review, and it might... You know, people might argue with him. He's like a troll. Ah, yes, but you have to think about this. Most of the reviews for this movie are negative. Okay. And, th- and that's and that's why I'm thinking 3.5. <laughs> it's 3.5! Sandro gets wow. it! Wow. Okay. Well done, Sandro. It's like you've done this before. Oh, thanks. Yep. <laughs> Congratulations, Sandro. Yes, I think this is your second win. My second win. Yay! Thank you. He's only done this, like, every week, so... <laughs> only one or twice. <laughs> All right, that is the... Oh, two for Creepshow 2 on episode 122. Whoa. Coinkadink? Mm. Probably. Probably. All right, that's the episode. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Jen. Was there anything you wanted to plug? Nah, everything's done. <laughs> Everything I've been involved in is done. Uh, there's the fringe thing, but I don't think we can talk about that yet. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, no doubt podcast should be back at some point, which is you, Rob, and myself. Um, yeah. 
yeah, until then, uh, thank you so much for coming on again. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, you creeps. Hey. Hey. <laughs> wow, rude. <laughs> no, it's like it's like when you call someone a nerd lovingly, like a bunch of nerds. Oh, I see, I see, I see. You're a bunch of creeps, yeah. It, it, it hits differently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it hits differently. Yeah. Like calling myself a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That everyone does. Yeah. Every every day. Everyone yeah. does that. All right. If you like if you, you like the show and want to help us out, as I mentioned, Patreon, all stuff up there, Mortal Kombat review for the new film, probably for the old ones too at some point soon, because people are voting for that. Uh, link into the description. Or you can just tell a friend. That also helps out. You can review us on iTunes. That helps us, us out there. Although, apparently, iTunes algorithm has been really messed up lately. So that's been a lot of fun to deal with on my part. Lots of emails being sent to Apple. Love, love it. Uh, and there's links to our Facebook page, our Instagram in the description. We are oldie but a goodie pod everywhere, including Gmail, if you want to send us an email. And also YouTube, when when I can be bothered to post the episodes on YouTube, because uh, it's quite delayed. But anyway, all that in the description if you want to check it out. We will see you next week, which is episode 123, which is funny. Yep. It's one, two, three. I like. I always like one hundred and twenty-three because it's one. It's one, two, three. It's, it's one, two, three. Zach, you're picking what we're talking about on one, two, three. Oh, what are the options for me, Sandro, that you can get up right now for me to pick from? There are one, two, three options. Wow. <laughs> Crazy Illuminati confirmed. Oh my god, it's all coming together. The first option is called Gardens of Stone. It is a film directed by Francis Ford Coppola. I was gonna say it has to be a bunch of an Italian family's front yard. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a Francis Ford Coppola film. He's you know best known for the Godfather trilogy. Uh, it's about a war veteran who becomes a guard and then decides to teach all the other guards about war. Hmm. There's also Hot Pursuit. It's about a pirate Ooh. who forces this random dude to join his pirate ship after the dude misses <laughs> his flight to visit his girlfriend. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, the natural the natural thing you do after missing your flight to visit your girlfriend is to become a pirate. And then your final option is uh, River's Edge, which is a very early Keanu Reeves movie. Uh, it's about this real mean dude who kills a person and then tells his friends about it, and uh, all the friends have to struggle to keep the secret. Which does sound quite Stephen King-esque, actually. Mm. Having a secret that you've got to keep. So yeah, uh, Francis Ford Coppola arty movie, Pirates, or Keanu Reeves, but it's sad. Now, now, Jen, what are you, what are your thoughts on these movies here? I wanna, I wanna know your thoughts. Well, I just googled each one as Sandro. Um, I don't know if that's allowed, but I googled each one as Sandro said it, and and the tagline for Hot Pursuit has got me. She promised him ten days together in paradise. He never dreamed how far he'd have to go. So that's got me. <laughs> and it's John. And it's John Cusack. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one seems like it's up my alley. So. All right, well, uh, with Jen's excellent suggestion for the one that I was going to pick anyway, I'd like to pick Hot Pursuit, please. Yes. Really? Yep. All right, next week, Hot Pursuit. Sounds like a plan. Wrap it up with the best quote from Creepshow 2. My favourite is, I feel the need, the need for weed, dude. Yeah. Woo. Mine would be, have you ever seen an oil slick? (laughs) (laughs) Times four. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 